Broadcasting stations. College Football Talk, every Tuesday with Brent Beard, Heisman voter, and on Twitter X, at Brent Beard. SEC, ACC, AAC. We talk it all with Brent. Here's Brent Beard with Bryant and Brett. Brent Beard joining us now from First Coast News in Jacksonville. Brent, thanks so much for joining us. I want to start by uh, getting your thoughts on this Michigan situation, the sign-stealing scandal. We're getting more and more information. Now they're saying that they have proof he bought tickets and was in attendance for, I think, 11 games um, uh, last year uh, for opposing Big Ten teams. We're starting to hear other coaches talk about it, and a lot of what I've heard, at least, other coaches are saying, eh, it happens, you just got to be you know, a, a better team and, and not let that stop you from, from winning games. But what do you make of this whole Michigan situation? Not much. Uh, frankly, Brian, uh, uh, nothing's going to happen to them. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 you know, it, it gives us something to talk about, but the reality is, um, uh, and, and I, listen, I'll give Dion credit for this, they asked him about the Michigan sign stealing, mm-hmm. and he said uh, you can have someone else's whole game plan. They can mail it to you, but you still got to stop it. Yeah, exactly. It's what I said about the Astros in the sign stealing. They still had to knock the ball over the board. Right. You know how hard that is. Yeah, yeah, very hard. Yeah, absolutely, it is. But but but, but I mean, look, guys, I, I'm, it, it. This is good fodder, and and. People don't trust Harbaugh, and I—that's it. That's it, Brent. This is a Harbaugh attack. If if this were the coach at Fresno State, who cares? No, 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 nobody. But 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 still, I mean, ponder this a minute. Even if uh, even if Harbaugh came out and said, "Okay, yeah, we did a little bit of this, which he's not going to do," I, I mean, guys, right now. Uh, and we just saw this with uh, with basketball results, even when the FBI was involved. I know that's a little uh, apples and oranges thing, but uh, I, I mean, even if they came in and said, "Yeah, we did," uh, what would they do? Uh, I mean, they're not going to throw them off TV. They're not going to ban them from postseason. Uh, that would they take a scholarship or two away? I mean, well, maybe, uh, but I got forfeit wins. Uh, yeah. Uh, but if they, if the NCAA at this point, and I get the question, it's a good question, uh, Brian, but, but if the NCAA right now really is not going to do a whole lot against anybody. Uh, so, and I, I can assure you, nobody in Michigan sweating this. And, and Michigan is one of those places that they have the cloud. If it got too heavy oh, and back channel to their compliance department, we're going to make you forfeit games. We're going to call it an NC record book, uh, a, a loss. Michigan's one of those places that can go up yours. Yeah, sure they could. Oh yeah, and what would Harbaugh do, Brent Bryant? He just if he got a little sticky, would he just go back to the NFL? Uh, or yeah, I mean, now, here here's the here's the legitimate comeback to up yours. Come spring. And it's really the biggest thing they control. Yeah. Okay, you tell us to stick it. Come mm-hmm. spring, uh, Michigan probably should be a two seed. Have fun as an eleven seed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, yeah, it, and those pinheads, your... those pinheads are small enough to do it, to be uh, like that. Oh, yeah. or, or how yeah. about this? How about this? Michigan thinks they're not on the bubble. They think they're firmly in, and during the bracket reveal, they're nowhere to be found. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. And the other thing with this is, uh, as in most NCAA investigations, how long is it going to take to get this done? Oh, now that's years because they all get yeah. paid by sure. the hour. At the NCAA. Sure, sure they do. So, so and and this will be and just because it's horrible. People are paying attention to it, but I, I, I guess my question, Brent, Brent, now you say this all the time. How much of a shelf life really does this story have? <laughs> Not long. We'll be moved uh, on I, to I, something by what two weeks from now. Uh, if not yeah, I, I really yeah. thought it would have been smoked out by now, but it hadn't. You've got two weeks in a row of covering college football that really uh, pe- people could and should should envy. Last Saturday you were in Tuscaloosa for third Saturday in October. This Saturday you'll be high above TIAA Field, the Gator Bowl, for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. That's a good two weeks, Brent. Tell you what, uh, it's a blessing, and I don't um, uh, look at it any way but that. So, uh, but but it was uh, it was an amazing day in the tale of two halves in uh, Tuscaloosa, and I I don't expect that to happen here. Uh, And listen, while I've got you guys, can I update you on what's going on here? uh, About the game and the stadium and so forth, real quick. We're we're, going to ask. Because uh, this uh, is the week that, that you always get the we're going to leave story. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and we're going to leave because it hurts our recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And George is going for a three-peat, and the Gators are the mighty yeah. Gators. I saw a minute ago the um, uh, on, on the recruiting ranking. It was Georgia, Florida, and Alabama. So so tell me, I'm just going to hurt it. But, but look, Man, it, this it's is. crushed them. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, this is the biggest event, guys, in this city uh, the whole year. It's an amazing time. They opened up what they call RV City today at like 830. So you've got RVs already parked here on Tuesday in the game Saturday. Uh, and there'll be a bunch of them, too. We've got a special for First Coast News Friday night. But uh, the reality of this is, is how is this going to affect the game? Well, the the game is going to be here this year, and there's an option for two more. So it will be here through 25. Uh, so the, the city is negotiating right now on what to do to the stadium. Uh, and, I mean, I, when we were in Nashville for media days, and they were working on the Titan Stadium, too, up there. But, uh, but we, what, this is my guess on this. The game, the city's going to go all out to keep the game. We've got a new mayor, Donna Deegan, uh, who used to be a former anchor for First Coast News, as Brett probably knows. Uh, and the, the city's going to do, I, I think what the city's going to do, I think they're, I think they're, they're going to overpay both teams. Uh, but I, but the truth of the matter is, I don't, I don't care what you pay them, it's still a drop in the bucket, uh, because, Guys, the atmosphere here is kind of what you'd get at Oklahoma, Texas, Army, Navy, or what you used to get at Alabama, Auburn. Mm-hmm. There are seventy-two thousand or seventy-five uh, in in the stadium, and literally walking around the stadium in what I would say maybe a one-mile, two-mile radius 
is probably double or triple that. Wow. So, and you've got all these folks who come in and they stay north of the city and Fernandina Beach and um, uh, and up in uh, south Georgia, maybe a few in Orlando and, and out that. And, but to make a long story short, uh, it's a great game, uh, and the city does not want to lose it. And and I hope we never do. I hope it stays here forever. When you say re- remodel, maybe maybe something the stadium, they tore it down to the struts for they the did. for the Jags. They did. Does it need that again? Well, we're still not we're sure how um, uh, how much that they would do uh, as far as what do you tear down. Uh, I mean, they want to upgrade it. I, I get that part. The thing they really want to do is to put, it's not going to be a dome, but they want to put some kind of a, uh, more of a roof, more of an awning on it uh, to get the fans in the shade instead of in the sun. The reality is, how long is this going to take? Well, they, they just now figuring out it gets hot in Florida? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Uh, how long is this going to take, and how long will uh, the Georgia-Florida game not be played here? Uh, in other words, will it be played in uh, Atlanta, Athens, uh, Gainesville, Orlando for a short period of time, meaning maybe two years, somewhere in there? Uh, so, uh, those are all the questions that have yet to be answered, uh, about this situation. And guys, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've been to the stadium, uh, lately for a media days, uh, and, the, and to me, I mean, look, does it need some upgrading as all stadiums do? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, do you really want to, uh, completely redo it as Brent asked? I, I'm, I, I, I will be interested to see how far it goes. Yeah, it definitely will be interesting to, to kind of keep an eye on. But what do you expect in this one on, on Saturday between Georgia and Florida? It will be our first time we see this Georgia offense this year without Brock Bowers. Yeah, and Brock, um, uh, he, he covered a multitude of sins uh, is what he did. Uh, I'm, uh, we was talking to a beat writer for Georgia recently in, about the injuries they had at running back, and uh, I said, what would they do if this keeps going on? They said, well, they they would put Brock Bowers at running back, just give it to him three times in a row. Wow. Uh, uh, I mean, he was being a bit facetious, but really he wasn't. Right. Uh, I mean, they've got some tight ends. Oscar Delp is a guy they'll put in there. Uh, but Georgia is just more physical than Florida is. Mm-hmm. Florida's played better, and we really haven't had a – what you would call uh, a earth-shaking upset in this game in a while, and I don't expect that that's going to happen here. Most of the time, the better roster wins, and Georgia's got the better roster, um, but Florida is playing better, uh, and it would do them a lot of good. And, and they're they're not into moral victories, but if they could take this game to the end of the third, end of the fourth quarter, that that would do a lot for them. I think Georgia has a second gear, third gear, that they really haven't had to get to yet, yes. but they will, and they're going to have to against Florida, Mizzou, Ole Miss, 
Tennessee, Correct. maybe even Georgia Tech in, in, in their big rival game. Last weekend in Tuscaloosa, do you, do you think the flood warnings around Tuscaloosa are over from all the Tennessee tears over the officiating? Uh, maybe. Uh, but, I mean, you had just as many officiating questions last year, so that question's not uh, going to I got end. the numbers if you need them. Last uh, year in Knoxville, that we didn't hear a peep about the officiating oh, no, no, from no. the orange side. No. 17 penalties That's on right. Alabama that day. <laughs> yes. Six yes. on Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Saturday, it was eight on Tennessee, one on Alabama. Mm-hmm. So about the same proportionality, a yeah. little more uh, uh, this year than last, but not not a lot. And I just didn't hear any of that complaining or that long pause before an answer from Josh Heupel. Yeah, uh, and, and I give them credit in the first half. I thought I thought particularly uh, that their passing game did some things that I, I do think took Alabama uh, by surprise. Now, Mil- now Milton made some good throws that he probably had not been making, and, and give him credit for that. Particularly the squirrel white touchdown. In the corner of the end zone, I, I would be curious how many more times if he if he threw a hundred a hundred passes, how many more times he could connect on a pass like that. He, he had a pretty good day. He did. He did. There's no question about that. But I think the thing that made the difference, and we talked about this last week, that the stat that really came out that that that, that uh, to me made the difference for Tennessee is they were five and zero. Oh, uh, when they ran for more than 160 yards, they were 14 and 0 when they had done it going back to last year, wow. and and they didn't. They only got maybe 120, 130. They didn't get 160. Uh, so, but again, the, the 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 thing that you've got with this Alabama team, and Brad Brad's heard all this, <laughs> uh, uh, it being a different stadiums. Yeah, I'm telling you. The, uh, the 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 media and the fans at halftime wanted to bench Milrow, uh, and and it was it was well if this doesn't get better real quick in third quarter I'm going home. Uh, so wow. there there are still times. Uh, it's not that they don't love their team, but there are still times <clears throat> that they look at this team and particularly Milrow and guys. It is still in Milton's the same way to to, to a degree. With these quarterbacks, it is still a quarter by quarter, half by half, game by game with these guys, uh, or not really knowing how they're going to do game by game. If you want to win, you better win that rushing battle, and Alabama did on Saturday. And this year in the SEC, the team that wins the rushing battle, they're 63 and 10. That's 86%. Yeah. Yeah. The team that wins the passing battle, 48 and 25, that's 66%. Give me pounding that rock over throwing it any day of the week. It never ends. It never changes. It never they does. want us, they want us to believe that, uh, that there's, there are things that are new, uh, that there are more wrinkles you can throw in the, in, in passing. And you've got, but, but look, when you, when you were able to control the rushing game, you control the clock, and you control uh, basically the game itself. And I tell you this, guys, this is a discussion on another day. But when you're when you're at a game, and I'm curious if you if you've noticed this, Brett, 
but when you're when you're in a game, you really kind of focus in on how different the game is now and how shorter it is. Uh, that that man when that clock never stops. Uh, that game gets a lot shorter. I think the uh, first three quarters do, but the fourth quarter still drags a little. Yeah, well, and and I wonder if, if some of that is psychological for us when we're watching or 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 where all that is. I would agree with that. But and it, it could be makeup time for the ad. Rob, it could be just for, for the ad inventory for TV. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. There, there there's certainly no shortage of that. Uh, to say the least, but how good's uh, Tennessee? Tennessee's probably, I would say they've got, and we we pretty much said this at the beginning of the year. They probably got another another loss in them, maybe, uh, and maybe even one. Well, I mean, obviously with Georgia coming up. So I, I mean, you know, the things that we heard about nine and three, eight and four, that they would they would definitely take a step back from last year. Now, it doesn't mean the program's bad. It doesn't mean they need to fire anybody. That's not what we're talking about here. But but I think we all knew, realistically, they would not have the weapons they had last year, and, they, and that's just the reality of it. Yeah, you're right about that. Talking to Brent Beard from First Coast News in Jacksonville, I want to kind of change gears a little bit here because I, I want to ask you about Florida State and their win against Duke because especially early in that game, it, it looked like uh, Duke was kind of in control, kind of giving that Florida State team some fits, but then Riley Leonard goes down late in the game and, and kind of that momentum shifted. Florida State able to pick up a win. Uh, what did you make out of Florida State's win on, on Saturday? Well, I tell you what, the the uh, a lot of the bigger games came from uh, the ACC yes, with Miami beating Clemson in double overtime, and then the one in the world happened North Carolina uh, against Virginia. Uh, but look, this Duke this Duke team is a really good football team. They're very really disciplined. Good. I talked to a former Florida State player who was there. And I asked him about Dugas. He said, well, uh, they're a scrappy team with a scrappy quarterback, but the thing that really helps them is, is how disciplined they are. Uh, and that that is showing up. Jordan Travis ran the ball more uh, than he had. That made a difference. And they're getting a little bit of a break before they uh, play Miami. I mean, they go to Wake Forest, which would have scared them to death a few years ago. Uh, but they'll go there, and I think they'll that they will play okay uh, during that time. I mean, their wide receivers still are doing fine. Keon Coleman, I think defensively, that they look to be doing pretty well. Now they still probably going to have to run the table in order to get the playoffs. Uh, but that, but they have stood up and been accounted for this year. Made some real improvement from last year, uh, but that. that 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 Miami game uh, and Tallahassee coming up uh, in November will be one to watch. Can anybody beat FSU? Yeah, yeah, I think I think they probably could. Now, I've, and but, but they may have to do it in the fourth quarter. I'm thinking if they got against a. I'm just trying to think of the uh, of your contenders right now. I mean, they're I, at Wake, at Pitt, home against the U, home against North Alabama, state championship game at Gainesville against Florida. Well, 
I was more thinking of the playoffs more than what they've got left. Gotcha. I think they'll I think they'll run the table in the regular season now. I will say this. Then they'll probably be the two seed to to Michigan. Yeah, they they very well could be. Uh, Now, they could get a scare from Miami. uh, And uh, if they go go into Gainesville and they're fat and happy uh, and they are not taking the game seriously, uh, if if you get how you let that happen, Norvell's uh, not going to let that happen. I, I, I don't believe he would either. Uh, but that, but I but I could see Florida playing really well in that game uh, in in taking them the fourth quarter. But 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 as far as what they've got left on the schedule, uh, they will. Uh, I, I think they'll run the table. But it. But it's fascinating to see what they would do in, in the think about uh, in the coming playoffs if they make it. Well, it's really impressive just to kind of see what what Mike Norvell has done there from from going from really important people at Florida State calling for his job to to leading them to a, one of the top teams in the country and and likely a playoff contender. So it, it's been fun to watch that team. But, it is. But Brent, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Good. Thank you, guys. As always, thanks, appreciate Brent. it. Thank you, Brent. Brent Beard with us talking college football. And, Brian, I call the time of year we're getting ready to ease into, and with Halloween, it's kind of junk food, <laughs> but we're getting ready to start eating season. Ooh, we're like really that. kind of from now through the end of the year when we all make the proclamations uh-huh. to do better. Go the to resolutions, the gym and, yeah. Yeah, and the resolutions to all do better. Now it's kind of the guard down and good place to let the guard down for eating season. It's at Jason's Deli, any of the great locations. And for all these family get-togethers, they can they can do it all for you. And maybe you, you, you don't really want that type of fare on the big days, on Thanksgiving Day or on Christmas Day, but you're going to have so much family in, you're going to be eating a lot the nights before and the nights after. So let Jason's Deli do all the work for you. It's healthy. It's first franchise in the nation to be trans-fat-free. It's all about choice. Regardless if you seek a gluten-free menu, vegetarian sandwiches, they have it for you. Let them cater your office event. A lot of eating and a lot of festivities around offices and workplaces, really now through the end of the year, let them do it. Low delivery feeds, vegetarian, gluten-sensitive options, same-day, last-minute orders welcomed for Halloween get-togethers, for a a lot of homecomings at high school with with events. Let let them handle your event. Uh, Those same-day and last-minute orders welcomed, that's when they excel. When you don't think you've gotten it just right, that's when you step aside and let them do it at Jason's Deli, where it's all about choice, that great salad bar in all these locations. Over 30 items to choose from in every location, like at Ridgeway Road, Poplar and Highland, Olive Branch, and Cordova, one very close by near you, wherever you are in our area, all the salads, the Mesa chicken salad, the Big Chef salad, my favorite, the taco salad, and all those soups with the weather getting cooler, supposed to get cooler uh, next week. We'll be ready for more of soup season type fare. Plenty of organic food to choose from and complimentary free ice cream in all these locations at Ridgeway Road, Cordova, Poplar and Highland, and Olive Branch. Check them out online as well at jasonsdeli.com and enjoy eating season. Well, it's another week of football in the books for both college football and the NFL. So let's get to a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about what we're certain of after another week of action. That's next on Sports Time. 
Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. All right, well, another busy weekend of football, both college and the NFL. we got to talk about what we're certain of after another week of action. So, Brett, why don't you start uh, starting college football? What did you learn, or what are you certain of after the weekend? I'm I'm certain the schedule is not very strong, but we knew that when it was released. But I'm also certain what Michigan's doing to that schedule. Yeah. It looks like the Powerball numbers: 27, 28, 25, 24, 38, 42, 45. 49. That's the winning margins in every game this year for Michigan. They're, they've taken care of business. I know they're reviled. I know a lot of this is the story right now is Ohio State centric generated because the last two years, that's how heated, hated that rivalry mm-hmm. is. And I know it's going to get tougher on Michigan and it's not going to be starting next week, open date this week, next week against Purdue. And then they close in November with a road trip to Penn State, a road trip to College Park to play Maryland. That won't be easy. And then the big game against Ohio State. But so far, they've made it look easy. I'm certain of that. They have made it easy. When you mentioned Ohio State, that's the first thing I'm certain about. I'm certain that Ohio State is one of the best teams in the country. And I don't want to say I'm certain, but I'm pretty sure the AP got it wrong this week with their top 25. When you look at what Ohio State has done against other top opponents that have been on their schedule, they've handled business. And then when you when you look at the rest of the schedule against other Big Ten teams, teams that they're supposed to take care of, they handled their business against those teams. I think, for me, the biggest thing that, that is so surprising about this Ohio State team is they're not fully healthy. They have injuries all across that team, and you still look at them and they go out. And really, it was a one-score game against Penn State uh, for that final score, 20-12. to But really, from about the second quarter on, it never really looked like Penn State was in that game or would ever be able to have kind of that big punch to get back into the game. And, and Ohio State really made it look easy. I'm certain that they are one of the best teams in the country. I'm certain of this. I'm certain Ole Miss's win over LSU is really holding up. And it should. They won the game, 55-49. Absolutely. But I hear a lot of people, heard Peter Burns on SEC Network ranking his his Western Division teams, and he's got LSU ranked number one. And that's with with two losses. Now, as long as it's Ole Miss with just one loss and LSU with two and Ole Miss having won that game, I I think it's just common sense. Anybody that that can add basic math should, should... say that Ole Miss is better. Even when it when it got to two losses, if Ole Miss had two and LSU had two, well, who won between them? Mm-hmm. Now, if it got to Ole Miss with three and LSU with two, then the head-to-head wouldn't mean as much sure. as the full body of work. Ole Miss kind of lived that in 2014 and 15 with those wins over Alabama. But right now, I, I know the game was played, and I know who won. Yeah. And I'm certain for 2023 – Oh, that means Ole Miss was better. No, I, I, I'm certain that you're right on that, and, and you're right. It's it's the narrative that has uh, 
been talked about both of these teams has been very different than uh, than the result that was on the field that day. Here's another thing I'm certain of. I I, I, I know that LSU quarterback, Jane Daniels, is that good. And yes. I think what he's doing, the ground he's making up in the Heisman race, is kind of fueling oh, yeah. the new look and maybe a different – well, you know, LSU, that, that was, that was a long time ago and they made changes on defense. That's fueling a lot of that wasn't so bad to lose to FSU and to Ole Miss. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Something else I'm certain about it. It's tough out here, uh, for these new Big 12 teams, specifically the ones that came from the American. I am certain of that. When you look at the standings right now in the Big 12, Oklahoma, number one, Iowa State, two, Oklahoma State, Texas, Kansas State, Kansas, BYU, a, a new team in there with a 2-2 two and two conference record, West Virginia, Baylor, TCU, Texas Tech, and then the bottom three, Brett. Houston with a 1-3 conference record. UCF with an 0-4 conference record. And Cincinnati with an 0-4 conference record. It's not easy jumping to the big conference like the Big 12. And these teams like Cincinnati, who ran the American. UCF, who ran the American. Houston, that had some good years in the American. They're really struggling to, to find their footing in the Big 12 this year. I'm certain we're we're going to see Arch Manning soon because Quinn Ewers will be out a while, at least yeah. three to four weeks. Uh, the starter will be Malik Murphy, who's also a true freshman, just like Arch Manning is out of Inglewood, California. Mm-hmm. He he he'll he'll get the start and he'll get most of the runtime against BYU. But if something happened or for a series or two to get him acclimated to it, you're going to see Arch Manning probably this week for the first time as a college player. Wow against BYU and, and, and many fear, and it's the reason why that, you know, in the perfect world, they wanted him redshirted this year that, you know, he, he, he's, he's just not ready. And, and this week it's Texas at home against BYU. Next week it's Texas at Kansas State. I'm sorry, at home against Kansas State. And then it's Texas at TCU. Three tough games ahead for the Longhorns in time that I'm certain Quinn Ewers will be out for. Yeah, that is. That's a that's a tough stretch. Last thing I'm certain about, and then uh, I'll move to my NFL, what I'm certain about. I am certain that the refs got it wrong in Iowa, in Minnesota. Iowa, a no punt doubt. return, um, takes it all the way back for a touchdown that that gave them the lead and the way that game was going Brett that would have been the last time uh, either team had had gotten on the board because that game was very slow very low scoring the under hit by the way in in case anybody missed that the under that was set at 30 and a half did hit but they they called it back when the punt was in the air the punt returner was trying to kind of wave his arm back to to kind of figure out where he was on the field and make sure he had his balance and they said that he called for a Air catch. They brought it back, wiped out uh, the touchdown, and like I said, the way that game was going, um, it, there was really no prayer Iowa was going to find the end zone or or move the ball enough to get points on the board. And I was really excited when he took it back for a touchdown, and then I was very sad when I saw them call it back. NFL for me, I'm certain the Cleveland Browns can play good defense and they can play uh, very, very, very physical offense with running the game. I, I, I'm not so certain about what they can get consistently at quarterback, but to win that game Sunday, 39-38 over the Colts, and now for the Browns to be 4-2 in, in, in the standings, and if the playoffs started today, they would be the sixth seed. Uh, they, they, it's a long time to playoffs, but sure they is. could be a really tough out 
with how well they play defense and how physical they are in the rush attack. Absolutely. I'm certain uh, Tyson Bajant, the uh, the rookie from uh, from Chicago, from Shepherd University, he had himself a nice day in his first career start in the NFL. 21 for 29, 162 yards, and a touchdown from the former Division II quarterback. And, most importantly, a win for Chicago, their second win of the season, a win over uh, Las Vegas, who fell to 3-4 and four over the weekend. Think how different. Tyson Bajant's football <laughs> life has been to Justin Fields from from the recruitment to uh-huh. when you know that wherever Justin Fields was recruited to Georgia or Alabama yeah. or Ohio State played it two of those three yeah, everywhere and, and and you know when he came in from the the food and the presentation the hostesses showing him around wait you think Tyson Bajant ever got a a, a bagel no. on on a, <laughs> on a recruiting visit. No, no. I mean, two completely different worlds. I see all the time, something that's popular nowadays, Brett, on YouTube is, uh, like guys who are who play college football or or a college sport, you know, they all know each other and, and friends with a bunch of different people, and they'll make videos where it's like day in the life of a Division One football player, and then day in the life of a D three football player. It's like one of their buddies that went to a D three school, and they'll go like back and forth, and you'll see the difference of like how a you know a guy at Ohio State's day is, and a guy who's at Shepherd University's life is, and it's like what this is. I, I'm I'm not belittling anyone. I'm no, just making a a, 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 a a an example of how different it is. You know, so a couple of Saturdays ago, I went to Rhodes and Suwanee. Yep. It was about ten to one, about ten minutes out, maybe twenty minutes out. And Suwanee was still out on the field pregame, and I was going to go to the restroom, and sure. I, I I I didn't see any, no, no porta pot, no, no nothing. And I asked someone, I said, "Where are the restrooms?" They said, "Well, since Suwanee's out on the field, just 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 uh-huh. go to the Suwanee locker room." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, that's right. The the idea of yeah. going in Texas's locker uh-huh. room if you're just yeah. rando walking around the stadium? Mm-hmm. When I so Not I uh, when I was still in in school, I had one of my classes. We were supposed to go out and find like a beat to cover, and so my beat was going to be because you know obviously Memphis basketball is hard to do. People already want to take it. I was already Everybody's covering doing it. I was already covering it for two four seven. I asked my professor. He's like, I'd like for you to cover something different, whatever. So I was like, I'll go do Rhodes baseball, and so I would go nice. out to Rhodes baseball games, mm-hmm. and I would cover the team. And same exact thing. I had to go to the restroom, and over by their baseball field they have a restroom right there and I walk in and next to me um is one of the the baseball players on the other team and I was like aren't y'all wait uh, and he goes oh yeah our, our locker room's connected to this restroom so we we just use this restroom yeah. as well it, and I was like oh okay it's that's just cool. very different very very and, different and, and that's been the football life of Tyson Bajan yeah uh, uh I, I'm I'm certain of this I, I I'm certain we saw I think peak Lamar this weekend. Yo, I think you're right. Yeah. Maybe his best game as a football Unbelievable. player. Unbelievable. I mean, unreal. Almost flawless is what I saw ESPN call it. I mean, it was, and, and Brett, how about this? I'm certain I was wrong about the Lions last week because I, on Friday, was talking about I had them on my bingo card and I was talking about how they were going to win this game 
over the Ravens, and, and Brett, it wasn't even close. It, it was never close. The The only reason the Lions got on the board was because they scored late in the fourth quarter, um, and, and really, other than that, it was all Ravens all afternoon, so um, that, that was fun, and Lamar was unbelievable to watch, but uh, that's what we're certain of after another week of football in both the NFL and college football. Let's go ahead, get to a break. When we come back, it'll be time for Big Number of the Day. We are real sports talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The Big Number of the Day. All right, Brett, well, my big number, they actually have multiple big numbers, but they all revolve around one person. Really one team, but really one person. Person. So my big number today is going to be 53. That's the number for Adolis Garcia, who has really turned into the star uh, of these playoffs. And I think the entire MLB, but but certainly for Mr. the October. He, he really has turned into Mr. October. So uh, let me go through a couple of my big numbers for Adolis Garcia that came out after that game last night. Adolis Garcia is the first player in MLB history to have a homer and three-plus RBI in three consecutive postseason game. He also, Adolis Garcia, over his last three games, uh, has posted six hits, four RBIs, 12 RBI, one stolen base, and one hit by pitch. The last MLB player to reach all of those numbers over any three-game span, regular or postseason, was Lou Gehrig in 1930. So it's been a long, long time since that has happened. Finally, a Rangers stat for you. Uh, they are the first team in MLB history to win games 6 and 7 on the road by 7-plus runs each. Just incredible what the Rangers have done this postseason, uh, specifically these last two games. Yeah, and, and look, I, I'm, I'm not fighting it at all because it, it happens. But you're gonna have you got Garcia out there with all the numbers he he's mm-hmm. amassing for the postseason. He had the Altuve numbers, and a lot of that reasons a lot of the reason is the expanded playoffs for playing That's so right. many games now. Starting Friday night, when we get down to the World mm-hmm. Series, uh, that, 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 that these games are kind of infinite. Those, those records are finite, and we'll get back to the sacred records, and you're going to hear a whole lot of Yogi Berra, Mickey Mantle, and Joe DiMaggio in those numbers. Oh, absolutely. It's going to to be so much fun, Brett. It it will be. My big number is 23. That's the longest home winning streak in college football, and it's held by Georgia. Michigan right behind them at 22. Utah 18 straight at home. Tennessee 14 straight at Neyland Stadium. 
Washington 12 straight. Ohio, the Bobcats, 10 in a row. Uh, Louisville and Oregon State with eight in a row. And Florida State, Fresno State, and LSU all at seven in a row. And Air Force and Penn State at six in a row. But Georgia wow. with 23 straight between the hedges at Sanford Stadium. This week, you know, the cocktail party's sure. not at home. But then they have Mizzou at home and Ole Miss at home. I mean, M- Mizzou could be a could be a tough task for them. I mean, with what what Missouri has done this year, that could be a great game. You know, I I, I have joined in. I I think with everybody that the SEC is a smidge down this year. That's kind of the yeah. the central theme, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that to be the case. But what if? And usually, you know, that up SEC year. There's about four teams in the mix for two playoff spots when that may, sometimes maybe five. What if this year the four teams are, are this? And, and, and the SEC's not decidedly down. Well, we know the two would be LSU and Alabama would be two in there. What if Mizzou and Ole Miss aren't that bad? I mean, they've played well. I mean, so you, you might be right on that. You got, you got Tennessee and I guess LSU right there in sure. kind of the next group of teams. But when, when the SEC is perceived as up, there's about four at the top, sure. four to five, you know, in the middle and then everybody else with Vanderbilt at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and especially when you get to conference play and, and those conference games get tougher, you really see kind of what these teams are made out of and, and Missouri and, and, Ole Miss, for that matter, have both, I think, shown since conference play has started that they can hang with anybody. I mean, with what Ole Miss did against LSU and what Missouri's done these past couple of weeks, even against LSU in a loss, and then, and then a win over Kentucky, I mean, they, they've really shown that they can play. And was talk, was talking with, when we were talking with Dave earlier, we were talking about luck and injuries the rest of the way. Well, if Mizzou and Ole Miss want to have that thread-the-needle dream year mm-hmm. really be in the mix, they b- better not have any injuries, and they better be lucky. Yeah. And if, and if they don't, if they stumble, uh, that's when people are going to say, see, told you, shouldn't have taken them seriously. <laughs> uh, Ole Miss is going to be Ole Miss. Sure. Mizzou is going to be Mizzou. The way to avert that is to win. That's the really hard part. Well, I mean, it is the hard part, and I think for a lot of people, they kind of have that, in the back of your head for Ole Miss about what happened last year. I mean, going, sure going so well and, and winning one. games. Eight and one. I was just about to ask you, how far along were we? How close are we right now to record eight last one year? one and driving to beat Alabama yeah. at home, and then it yeah. just all came apart. just all fell off and, and lost, what, their last five games of the season? So, yeah. I mean, uh, I think a lot of people have that in the back of their mind. And so, you know, if it they can kind of overcome that. very well right. against Arkansas oh, at man. times against yeah. State and in the bowl game. No, you're you're absolutely right about that. But it'll be fun to keep an eye on those two teams because I, I really think they've played really, really well over the last couple of games. But let's go ahead and get to a break, wrap up this hour. And when we come back to start our 5 o'clock hour, we'll talk NFL with Bo Marchant. 